0: To the Renegade Aviator
1: Radio Show with David Costa.
2: Bob! Oh, Mo! No. Updated wind on 2200 five. We on the airfield and airspace! You are clean for takeoff! Have a good one! Thanks, Mo. clear for takeoff! Check your biker brake off, check your trim set, check your nozzle steering on maneuver. Damn it!
3: Ladies and gentlemen, David Costa, the Renegade Aviator, and I got a special guest for you today, like always, somebody besides me monologuing the whole show. There's something happening at the Reno Air Races that we haven't seen before, and I'll tell you what, if you're thinking about coming out to the races and want to see something different, you're in for a treat, because I've got Kevin Quinn that came up with this wild and crazy idea to drag race <laughs> airplanes, man. It could be anything cooler than that. Kevin, Welcome.
1: Hey, thanks a lot for having me. Excited to be here. And uh, hopefully, some of your listeners will uh, come join us at the Reno Air Races because we're going to put on a fun
3: show. Can you explain real quick? I know this is radio, so you got awesome video on your website, but explain for the average person sitting in their car right now, listen to this, what are stall drags?
1: So, stall drags, you can see what they are on StollDrag.com. You can also see it on my Instagram at stallpilot. But really, it's a, aviation meets uh, top-field drag racing. You line up two airplanes side-by-side. Side. You take off on an on your It's set-go, similar to that of a green light or a tree with the light falling. You send it uh, down 2,000 feet. So you land on or after the line coming to a complete stop. You spin around full throttle all the way back side-by-side, side, land on or after that same line that you started at, which now you're finished. First airplane comes to a stop wins. And the airplane literally there's power and speed management from the pilots. There's a whole lot of skill set that goes into going as fast as you can and then slowing it down as quick as you can so that you can be the first one to stop. And we're claiming that we're doing two thousand feet down and back faster than anybody else on the planet. And that's just because of the aircraft that we're flying, the type it is, and we'll race anybody, but we've created this monster really stole dragon I'm keeping up with it as much as we can because it's taken aviation by storm in a sense that it's obtainable by pilots. Pilots can realize, well, these aircraft are just backcountry aircraft that, you know, gosh, I can go out and buy. Instead of going from one airport to the next, I can get into the backcountry environment, get away from the people. It's legal land to land out there. and There's a lot of training that goes into it. So in a sense, we're training pilots. We'll make them pilots safer. And pilots realize, gosh, I can actually do stole drag myself. And so there's a whole lot of really good, positive things that come out of it. And we're excited.
3: It really is because it brings back stick and rudder skills. And I know we'd like to say today that, you know, children of the magenta line that, stare at that flight director all day long and not actually fly an airplane, illustrate you're flying tail draggers, real airplanes, airplanes that have a tail wheel and airplanes that a lot of us learned in, maybe like a J3 Cub or something like that. And I know you go from mild to wild, what are some of the aircraft you got out there?
1: You betcha. Oh, we've got Skywagons anywhere from Cessna 180, 185s, to Carbon Cubs, to Kitboxes, to Highlanders. You name it. They're Cessna 182. They're aircraft that people can relate to and people that fly. It, literally, at the High Sierra Fly-In, which is an event that I put out in the desert there about 40 miles north of Stead, we get almost four or 500 airplanes of all types, and everybody wants to participate in Stoll Dragon, try to qualify. These 16 pilots that are coming here to Reno are the top 16, basically, in the world at Stoll Backcountry flying and this stole drag racing that we've come up with. and It really is exciting because, like I keep saying, I'm a broken record. It's attainable for folks. People can really realize, man, I could actually go out and do that. And in order to do that, there's a whole lot of training that they should be doing anyway as far as power management, speed management, energy management, all of that stuff. A big slip to slow yourself down, a spot landing, coming to a complete stop, the directional control on heading. There's a lot of skills that go into that, not to mention just flying a straight and level straight line 20 feet off the ground. And so we're promoting safety and we're bringing the general aviation back to the masses where this is something that's a lot of fun, it's attainable, it's affordable, and uh, we're excited about it.
3: Thank you for doing this because I really think that's something that's been missing out of general aviation for a while. It's how do we get people back to just want to fly airplanes and have fun, be safe be excellent, right? You know, achieve excellence, but go out and have fun for today. It doesn't have to be buying a half a million dollar airplane and flying for a hamburger to cost, you know, 10,000 bucks. <laughs>
1: so, 100%. 100%. You know, it's funny. I saw mainstream is picking up on the idea that general aviation is growing as far as the backcountry portion goes. And everybody that comes to Reno are going to see these super modified backcountry airplanes with the cartoon tires, as everybody calls it, the 35-inch bush wheels and whatnot, big tires, so that we can land off airport. But people need to realize is that we're really making aviators safe. We're training pilots to participate in something that they can do. And and it's kind of funny. Just the other day, I saw a commercial where I say mainstream's following and getting into it. It caught my attention because there's this little J3 Cub landing in a field and uh, it was, of course, the golden sunset. And you say, well, let's, what the access, Being a pilot, it caught my eye. And uh, the aircraft stops, and the guy opens the door. He's an elderly fella in his mid 70s. He reaches in the back, his grandson gets out, and he's on a set of big tires, and I think, what the heck is this commercial? And he, as he's reaching in the back, there's all you see is the golden arches. And so McDonald's has picked up on this. There's a commercial out there with a J3 cub landing in a field, and, and so people are relating to this idea of there's no longer the need to go to, from one airport to the next and spend 100 bucks on a hamburger. You can spend that on gas money, go a really long ways, and take a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with you. And save that 100 bucks on that burger. And like I say, it's attainable for everyone.
3: And that's the key, and that's what's really great. So come on out to the Reno Air Races. When we come back after this break, Kevin, I want to get a little bit about your story, kind of how you got started in this. Just go over that a little bit, because I think the why is important, and uh, people like to meet the guy talking on the other end of the radio. So we'll be right back after these messages. David Costa, Renegade Aviator. <laughs>
2: Real men of genius. Real men of genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Discount Airline Pilot Guy. Mr. Discount Airline Pilot Guy. Your minimal experience flying a plane will never land you at a reputable airline. Luckily, you don't work for one. Look at me, I'm flying. Sure, we're concerned for our lives. Just not as concerned as saving nine bucks on a round trip to Fort Myers. Oh. The most direct route to Houston through Fort Lauderdale, with layovers in Detroit, Vancouver, and Kalamazoo. I can't feel my legs. You put the fly in fly by night operation. Mr. Discount pilot guy.
3: If you're planning to be out at the Reno Air Races, come find me. I want to talk to rabid fans and dedicated volunteers. I'm going to have a bunch of decals to hand out, first come, first serve, and I would love to meet you. Just look for the Renegade Aviator lurking in the shadows.
2: No one you anything, this is Kirby Chambliss, two-time Rebel Air Race world champion. I'm on the Renegade Aviator radio show with David Costa.
1: Hi, this is Bill Stein. I fly an S540 and I'm with David Costa on Renegade Aviator Radio.
2: Niner you are cleared for takeoff. Roger. Huh? L.A. departure frequency 123.9er. Roger. Huh? Request vector. Over. What? Huh? Flight two zero er clear for vector three two four. We have clearance clearance. Roger. Roger. What's our vector, Victor? Howard radio clearance. Over. That's clearance. Over. Over. Roger. Huh? Roger. Over. What? Huh? Hey! Huh?
3: wait a second did you miss an episode of my show well we have your six aviation term there we have your back search the renegade aviator radio show on that internet thing and you'll find all kinds of places where you can hear me technology an amazing thing av the number 8r itunes soundcloud iheart stitcher google play you can take me with you david costa renegade aviator see ya (laughs)
1: host of the renegade aviator radio show david costa
3: all right ladies and gentlemen segment two david costa of renegade aviator kevin quinn stall drags stall short takeoff and landing but kevin you're going to be out at reno people can come out and see you guys fly see you guys having a load of fun but who is kevin quinn what's your story how the heck did you come up with this idea <laughs>
1: <laughs> really david just grown up born and raised in alaska And uh, having general aviation in my back pocket since I was a young boy with my father flying, and one thing led to the next. Then I spend my time uh, between Alaska, here in Tahoe, and then Hawaii, depending on the time of the year. I teach flying in the off-season. I have a heli-ski operation in Alaska, which really supports my, my bad habits. And I'm fortunate enough to have a wife that supports all the crazy endeavors that we do. And that's kind of me in a nutshell. It's, I'm an aviation freak. I like to fly just about anything, be it a paramotor, airplane, helicopters, seed wing, skydive rigs, you name it. And with that said, doing it safely is most important to me and, I love uh, the aspect of training pilots and making pilots realize what they can really do and what they can achieve in an aircraft if they're proficient in it. And um, I enjoy that part. But that's Kevin Quinn in a nutshell, really.
3: But, you know, everybody wants to sit back and make an excuse, right? They want to go, well, you know, must have been easy for this person or that person. You know, they had all this cool stuff happen in their life. Like it just was bestowed upon you, right? You probably have got years and years (laughs) of practice, right? All years of challenges And uh, here you are today. This didn't happen overnight, did it?
1: No, I I, I always laugh and joke, but I'm on a quest to avoid a real job forever. And all my quests are turned into day jobs where I'm really just a computer guy and I live on the telephone. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it is what it is. But my past life, I, like I said, I was raised in Alaska. I went on, I left high school at an early age, went on to play professional ice hockey until I was about 25 years old or so. But grew up ski racing and playing hockey. It's all I ever really knew. I uh, stopped playing hockey, created a heli-ski operation as I was going to Alaska skiing pre-owning that. And like I say, one thing led to another 23 years now into it. We've had our heli ski operation in Cordova, Alaska, Points North Heli. You can also see alaskaheliski.com for those that are curious more about it. A big part of the Warren Miller films for the last 16 years. And, you know, so that's a whole other aspect of my life. But the stole drug really came about uh, being in aviation and being into the back entry portion of aviation big time. Traditional stole, the short takeoff, short landing is awesome and it's a great thing. But boy, oh boy, it gets sort of monotonous where you're just kind of going around the patch and every now and then there's an airplane that lands and then takes off and they land real short, take off real short again, which is awesome and I love taking part in those events, like I love it nothing more, but I th- what can we do to add to it? And literally, this, the idea came about as I was sitting on the jaw, and I uh, thought, wow, maybe we everybody loves fire, loud music and racing and NASCAR, what about drag racing airplanes? Oh god, now that's real, how can we make it safe? And just, well, we can't make turns in the sky. Reno Air Races has that. Red Bull has that. What if we just drag race them? Straight level, off airport, between the center lines of the airports, or between the taxiway and the runways? There's always enough space in the infields. Like We like landing in the off airport anyway just for the sake of saving our tires. And so, man, we could do this And so we tried it a little bit out in the big dry lake bed. People caught on and thought, wow, that's pretty cool. Next thing you know, we had 10, 12 guys that decided, hey, let's race head to head. And so we're racing head to head, having fun, no big deal. The next season, we come back and actually do some time runs, and then start qualifying guys and racing. And we had our first, what we laugh and kid about it, but it turned into what we called our first world championships, Dole Drag champion, Corey Robin. <laughs> and uh, it just continued to quadruple in size, the flying and the the draw to the race that now we're drawing Reno racers that are around the pylons, guys that are ex-military guys, guys that are stunt guys, you name it. It's something that people are thinking, wow, this is really neat. It's spectator friendly like we talked about earlier. It's attainable for everybody. But the reality is that it's also pretty neat. You know, it's in front of the crowd. You're three hundred and fifty feet right in front of the crowd. And some people can see it. It's constant action down and back. If we've got too much wind. Well, it might turn into a one-way, so now it's just a drag on your markets that go to the far end and come to a complete stop, because obviously there's safety concerns with too much tailwind, and, and hopefully we don't get winded out where there's too much crosswind because we have its own limitations there, obviously, to make it safe and, and what it is because we're flying close proximity to another aircraft, like side by side, and so it's exciting, it's thrilling, it's head-to-head action, people can start to pick favorites and have favorites And really comes down to the skill of the pilot with the two
3: thousand foot course. It really does, you know. And I'm a guy that not that flight hours make any difference at all, but you know, fifteen thousand hours of flight time, flying everything from a J3 Cub to an airliner to uh, fighter jets. And I looked at your website and I was blown away, absolutely blown away. I'm going, I could be humbled in front of a 1,000 people. And what a cool thing for any pilot to say, right? I could be humbled in front of my peers, and that's the cool thing of this thing. So it's really a neat idea, and it's so simple. And so real quick, we got about 30 seconds or so, quick qualifications for somebody that wanted to get into stall drags. They got to come to High
1: Sierra, And uh, I think we're going to talk about some sponsors and those that have come about to make that possible for those coming up. So we'll talk about that in the next segment, I think.
3: So they got to come out to the High Sierra flying, which is in October, I believe, right?
1: Yep. And as of now, we're full for registration. It's sold out for this year. But you need to come to High Sierra. You got to qualify. We've got about 150 plus aircraft. They're going to try to qualify in October. And, uh, you know, I'll just say AOPA has come on board as one of our title sponsors, and they have fly-ins around the country. And so we're going to have stole drag qualifications at some of these AOPA fly-ins, along with other fly-in events. Cooper State's looking as we speak right now. And if we can go and and play in the Arizona desert, and I say Copper State, I say Cooper, Copper State, if we can go there and participate, boy, there's, there's opportunities. But again, having AOPA on our side, that's a big, big deal, and there's a lot of potential.
3: Right on. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back. A couple more segments to go with Kevin Quinn, Stall Drags. Be right back. David Costa, Renegade Aviator.
2: Anyway, as part of this pre-boarding, they say, we would like to pre-board those passengers traveling with small children. But what about those passengers traveling with large children? <laughs> Suppose you have a two-year-old with a pituitary disorder. You know, a six-foot infant with an oversized head kind of kid you see in the National Enquirer all the time. Actually, with a kid like that, I think you're better off checking him right in with your luggage at the curb, don't you? Well, they like it under there. It's dark. They're used to that. About this time, someone is telling you to get on the plane. Get on the plane, get on the plane. I say, oh, I'm getting in the plane. In the plane. Let evil Knievel get on the plane. I'll be in here with you folks in uniform. There seems to be less wind in here. Tower, this is Ghost Rider requesting a flyby. Negative, Ghost Rider, the pattern is full. No, no, ma'am, this is not a good idea. Sorry,
0: Goose, but it's time to buzz the tower.
3: David Costa, the Renegade Aviator. Want a free team decal? All you have to do is call my office, 888-366-5256, and leave your name and mailing address, 888-366-5256. We will send you a free Renegade Aviator team decal. Be the envy of your friends and family, 888-366-5256. It's my way to say thank you, and I'm grateful for you being a fan. Renegade Aviator. All right, ladies and gentlemen, David Costa. Call my office, 888-366-5256. My mission, my goal, this show is for you. This is a show to promote aviation. We promote excellence. We promote overcoming obstacles, and we promote success. And part of the success this week, we're talking to Kevin Quinn and Stall Drags. And Kevin, to put this whole event together requires people to step up And those are the sponsors. Tell us a little bit about your sponsors for these events.
1: We're really lucky as uh, literally stole drag, as I said earlier, I feel like I've lassoed a whale and I'm just trying to hang on for dear life and tame it, so to speak, to see where it can go because we don't want to grow too fast. But just this past uh, month where we were in Oshkosh, we were approached by several folks, AOPA included that want to sponsor the stole drag. Well, one thing leads to another. We're sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, AOPA is really coming to us. This thing's really happening. Well, about three weeks ago, we closed the deal where AOPA is now one of our title sponsors for the High Sierra Fly-In and stole drag, And uh, the opportunity that AOPA brings for pilots around the country to try and qualify at some of their AOPA fly-ins. And then just having brand recognition on some of our apparel and merchandise and things of that nature. as a thank you, obviously, due to the relationship. Just a really big, big opportunity. And then not just the AOPA, because they've come in uh, on a very generous level and we're excited to have them. We've got Cub Crafters, which make a number of the aircrafts that we're flying, like our Super Cubs and whatnot, the Carbon Cub and then uh, we've got acme aero suspension which makes a phenomenal suspension product where a lot of these experimental aircraft literally can plop it in and, and these suspension systems offer phenomenal cat-like reflexes airframes alaska which produces the big fat tires and the rubber that we're flying on dynavibe which is sponsored soul drag for engine performance and making our all of our engines feel like they're smooth like butter and then of course tac arrow which is one of our training partners where they're training pilots up in hood river oregon as far as backcountry goes mountain flying tailwheel instruction specific instruction in the carbon cub if somebody's looking to buy that through cub crafters they have a partnership those six in particular are big ones, and we're excited to have them. And again, those guys have really made it possible for us. And you can see more on com and see those sponsors with links to their sites.
3: So StullDrag, and I want to make sure people understand it aren't aviators, S-T-O-L, short takeoff and landing. But I can't stress it enough because the basic skills for any pilot, just to come out and watch your events, and get that kind of that rekindling again. I see guys and gals that I train in jets that can't do the basic stick and rudder skills, that can't do the simple aileron corrections, the basic stuff.
1: Power and pitch management, you
3: know, they just can't control it. Bingo. As why, because we don't teach this anymore. We're teaching yeah, more about no. electronics and all the gadgets, right? And it's less about man, just having fun. Go out and buy a Champ for $15,000 and go learn to fly.
1: Oh, I gave a fellow a BFR just this morning he hadn't done stalls since he took his private pilot check ride two years ago. And that's not acceptable because people are afraid of it. Get comfortable with it. Understand staying what staying coordinated does for you. You know, he'd never done a fallen leaf stall. And understand at that that airplane wing not going to fall out from underneath you. Be current. Be proficient. And really, with what we're doing with stall drag, like I say again, I'm a broken record. But the idea of going straight and level for two thousand feet, well, you go as fast as you can go for a thousand feet. Now, somewhere at about that 1,000 to 700 foot mark, you come full throttle back, you go full sideways, still maintain directional control because you're flying next to somebody that's 75 feet to your right or your left. Here comes that line. You can't land before it or you're disqualified. You got to slow all the way up with that slip, kick it around, land on or after the line. Otherwise, you get disqualified and come to a complete stop on heading before the guy next to you. There's a lot of stuff going on. And so, I mean, that's making pilots proficient and making them safe, just wanting to do stole drag, because how often are they going out and understanding a slip with good directional control, understanding power and speed management, understanding how to slow that energy down and having a spot landing and and landing with hard brakes without going up and over on your nose. It's exciting. It's thrilling. You see these two guys come down the course. They both slip together. They both land together. Who's going to win first? People are freaking out. I can't wait. I'm excited just talking about
3: it. <laughs> you sounded. That's <laughs> why I'm just keeping rocking and rolling here and just just letting you talk, man. Because this is what aviation is missing. It is a sport. It is fun, yep. and it is about excellence. And that's man, aviation exudes excellence. They might tell you you're on a non-stop
2: flight. Well, I don't think I care for that. No, I insist that my flight stop. Preferably at an airport. It's those sudden, unscheduled cornfield and housing development stops that seem to interrupt the flow of my day. Once I get you up there, where the air
3: is rarefied, we'll just glide. You know, flying can sometimes be upsetting sometimes you have a bad attitude don't let this happen to you renegade jets can help you recover from an upset pilots today simply do not practice the skills required to control the aircraft in all attitudes and within the entire flight envelope if you're a pilot and want jet upset training in real jet airplanes call 888-366-5256
2: At a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane.
0: Here he is,
1: the host of the Renegade Aviator Radio Show, David Costa.
3: I have a real short fuse for anybody that does something halfway. If you're going to do it, be really good at it. And man, if you can showcase it, gentlemen and you know, ladies to go against each other and kind of give a wink and a nod and say, Yep, let's go do this, man. Let's have hey, some fun. Hey, we got a lady.
1: <laughs> We need more ladies to come qualify. I think we had four last year out of about the 90 that tried at I Sierra, and one of them made it. And Kathy Page is one of our pilots, and so ladies, come on out and root for Kathy. She's flying a
3: Bearhawk. Right on. Yep. You know what was a really cool video? I was watching something. I think it was right on your website. Where there you had two different airplanes. It was about this this whole event, right? Some guy comes in and I forget his name, so you'll probably know it right off the bat. You know, fairly inexpensive backcountry airplane, and he's going against Mike Pady in the end, right, in Draco. Oh,
1: yeah. The coolest yeah, Trent freaking Palmer in the kit box <laughs> <Yeah>. against Draco.
3: <laughs> what a change, right? To come in and to go through all these heats and come down to probably a very simple, basic, but well put together aircraft that anybody could. Goodbye to yep. one of the biggest beasts of an aircraft draco its own animal unto itself and i can't do justice on the radio about that but no. um, that's what's <laughs> so cool about it in the end you had both ends of the spectrum represented in this race yep. in the final event pretty freaking cool
1: it really could have been anybody it worked out for trent the way he was seated and the way he was able to go through the ladder there were actually a couple guys that qualified with faster times, but again, just the way the seeding fell and how the elimination went. And so we're trying to work on that a little bit in itself, just to make sure that our brackets work out so that the fastest guys aren't racing each other early and getting washed out, maybe double elimination. So this whole thing is also still in its creation phase as well. And we encourage fans to participate and give us their ideas and how they see it growing because fan participation is a big part of, of what it's about you know they're gonna have favorite pilots favorite aircraft it's up close it's personal all of these pilots are approachable every single one of them not that the show pilots aren't but i'll tell you what when you stand and meet any one of the token show pilots they're usually standing on the other side of the fence or the other side of the line and with these stole pilots you can come rub elbows with them and you're standing on the same side of the line And you're looking at them in the eye and you're looking at their airplane, just like you're looking at your own. And it's a different experience. And the fan portion is a big part of the experience and getting them excited about it to help this grow. And that's what we're excited about.
3: And that's the kicker. And that's why we're doing this just prior to the Reno air races is... Look, I get it. I hear all the stuff. Have we been to the air races? I've seen airplanes that are flying low, turning left and going fast or however they end up saying that. And that's cool, man. I love to go fast. I fly a jet fighter, so I love going fast. Don't get me wrong. But you want to see something different that's not a drone. This is stick and rudder. This is cool stuff. And like you said, if you're sitting in the grandstands or anywhere where you can watch, you're going to see some racing All the time. They're right up in front of everybody. So, man, people, please go get your tickets. If you're anywhere near the sound of my voice and get out and see the stall drags.
1: We're excited about it. I tell people, come down, see us, and uh, have a good time. We race. We start training Monday and Tuesday, and then the races open up on Wednesday, September 11th. And then uh, obviously, we have our stall Corral in the general admission side, not in your traditional pit area. Again, for the idea that we want to be accessible to the fans. And uh, we start flying Thursday. We fly Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, all four days. We're excited to see folks.
3: All right, Kevin. Well, I'm going to be out there. I'd love to shake your hand and meet you, ladies and gentlemen. I look forward to it. Likewise, sir. Kevin, thanks so much for jumping on board with me. And, man, let's get out there and see your race.
1: David, thank you so much again. And to all the listeners, I look forward to seeing you. All right. Thanks for listening in.
3: Take care, man. If you're planning to be out at the Reno Air Races, come find me. I want to talk to rabid fans and dedicated volunteers. I'm going to have a bunch of decals to hand out, first come, first serve. And I would love to meet you. Just look for the Renegade Aviator lurking in the shadows.
0: I have one seat in first class and one in coach. The price is the same because your flight was canceled. Oh. oh. Well, uh, I'll take the first class. Jerry? What? Why should you get the first class? Elaine, have you ever flown first class? No. All right, then. See, you won't know what you're missing. I've flown first class, Elaine. I can't go back to coach. I can't. I won't. You flew here, coach. Yeah, that's a point.
2: All right, fine. I don't care. The plane crashes. Everybody in first class is going to die anyway. Yeah, yeah I'm sure you'll.
0: Just came back. I was, I was flew in the other day. Who are the people? You fly a lot. Who are the people that clap when you land? Have you experienced this phenomenon? They clap. Like, what happened the last time they flew? Oh, thank God we landed. Last time we hit a mountain. This is a bonus. I don't know where we're going to land there. Cla- What's the alternative to clapping? when you're- I'm strapped in my seat and I'm on fire. Boo, bad pilot. I'm not going to clap this time. I'm charred. They're clapping. I had a fly in the emergency exit. They make the announcement, those people seated in the emergency exit if not able or willing to open up the emergency door consult a flight attendant. Now I can understand the unable, but who the hell are the unwilling? Uh, sir, could you open the, the door? The plane's on fire. No, I don't think so. Please, we're all gonna die. Look, I'm nobody's errand boy. I don't feel like it, I'm cranky. Because somebody had to be unwilling for them to make that announcement. And you gotta be so politically correct now, you gotta call them flight attendants. Have you seen how mad they get at you? If you make the mistake of calling them here but they hate that, you know? Peanut boar is another one they don't seem to go for. That's what I find.
1: Questions, comments, suggestions or recommendations, call the Renegade Aviator at 888-366-5256 anytime and leave us a message.
3: This is dave costa the renegade aviator and i want to put a plug out for thousands of the local small airports all over this country chances are wherever you live there is a great airport right nearby go visit them and tell them that david costa the renegade aviator sent you these airports provide real value to local communities And you will be amazed at who you will meet and what you will find there.
1: Questions, comments, suggestions, or recommendations? Call the Renegade Aviator at 888 366 5256 five, anytime and leave us a message.
3: All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you are anywhere near the Reno Air Races, here is your opportunity to meet me and to tell me your story. We're going to be out cruising the fans at the Reno Air Races. Hold on, let me get the name right. Excuse me. The Steel National Championship Air Races. Thank you, Steel, for your support of this event. The fans, I know, are truly grateful. So are the racers. My goal in going to this event this year is less about the performers, less about the racers, at least right now. My goal is to talk to you, the fans, and you, the volunteers. I want to know why do you attend? Why do you come back year after year, sometimes generations of families that come back year after year, and volunteers, why do you give so much of yourselves to help make this event happen? Sure, there's a selfish motive as well to watch cool airplanes fly and to hook up with my friends at the event. And sure, I'm looking to get interviews of the performers and of the racers. i put those away in a can for future shows. But there is a unique energy that revolves around the national championship air races. And I hope to be able to capture that energy for those of you that either can attend or have never even thought of attending. The Reno Air Races, and I know I'm using an incorrect term, but my show, my rules, who cares? The Reno Air Races have had their ups and downs, literally. Their triumph and failures over the years, but they've persisted. And maybe that's one of the secrets to their success, right? They've persisted from mild, wide-eyed excitement to doom and gloom. Oh, it wasn't as good as it was before. Oh, there's not enough unlimiteds anymore. Or oh, we used to do things differently. Or oh, there's a lot of politics in the show. Who cares? The races, though, have seen a lot of improvements, a lot of changes, and they will continue to do so. The races have seen the rise of the sport class, the jet class, and now stall drags, short takeoff and landing drags. We'll probably see drone races in the future, but despite all the challenge— Despite the cost to put the race together, and most importantly, the cost to the racers that are the reason this show exists, the show is still going full throttle. There are stories and lore that surround the Reno Air races. These races are one of a kind, truly unique, and I believe not able to be duplicated anywhere else. Come on out and visit with me. I ain't hard to miss. I never am. You know my logo. When you see it, come up to me and say, hey, this is why I'm here. Can't find me in the crowd? Ask someone to point me out. I'm lurking in the crowd somewhere or I'm in the pits. I am Dave Costa.